Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Coming up this hour, we'll have for you Hashtag Taiwan with Leslie Liao, who's going to be talking about revenge. Uh, also, we'll have Status Update with John and Shirley. But first up today, here in Taiwan. This is Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. Uh, today is July 7th. It's a Tuesday, just in case you're as confused as we are. <laughs> in the studio today, we have Leslie Liao. Aren't I always here with you, Andrew? You are, and I am very pleased that you're here with me. It's going to be a fun show today. I can oh, feel it in my bones. Compliments. I am Andrew Ryan, um, and we are uh, preparing some amazing topics for you. I should say we should have prepared it already. But, you know, it's always a work in progress. Uh, here's what's going on in our part of the world. We're going to tell you about how the Taipei City Zoo has bred a certain animal for the first time. But Leslie tells me it is not a panda. Well, I guess we should know that because we've already bred pandas, right? Yes. Uh, but it's not the new baby panda you're talking about. Uh, we're also going to be talking about heat. Uh, apparently, heat-related injuries are up 40%. And students may be given heat days in the future. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about a struggling Kenyan student who says, thanks, but he declines donations. This is actually a really interesting story. We have a lot of people who are uh, kind of stuck in Taiwan. Mm. I'm guessing, I shouldn't say stuck in Taiwan. It's a great place to be stuck during a pandemic, to yeah. be honest. But I think that uh, the pandemic is definitely hurt a lot of people's livelihoods and uh, we've got some interesting cases of what's going on here. monkey wrench and all sorts of plans you know. Yeah, monkey wrench I like that. <laughs> um, that's also not related to your Taipei City Zoo story. It is not. It? Okay. it is not. All right. I don't give it away that easy, Andrew. Uh, I was wondering if you are going to give me a hint as to what was happening. Nah. Oh, I'm sad. Okay. Um, we're also going to tell you about this uh, brand new rail museum in Ooh. Taiwan. It's a building that I've been very much looking forward to seeing the insides of. Uh, downtown Taipei um, and so that's going to be awesome and what's even more awesome is we have used up all of our music once again so uh, let's listen to this and we'll be back with our first story in a moment I tell you whenever Leslie Dow is in the studio I get verbose I mean um, you, you can bounce a lot off me Yes. But for as many episodes of Here in Taiwan I've been I've sat in on Andrew, you are the only one that has seen that music to the end. More than once. More than once. This is like the third time, I think. I think it is the third time. We are breaking records left and right here. Uh, hopefully you, the listener, are enjoying it. Uh, if you are listening right now, if you're actually hearing the sound of our voices, do send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Um, why don't you just send to our emails? Yeah. A-N-D-R-O-O -O at rti.org.tw. Mine is L-L-I-A-O 0211 at rti.org.tw. Were you born on February 11th? Yes, I was. Oh, so that way we can never forget your birthday because it's in your right. email. Um, all right. So, why don't we start off with the Taipei City Zoo? Because yeah. I'm always a big fan of a zoo story. Have you ever been to that zoo? Like, that zoo surprised me the first time I went in. I did not realize the magnitude 
to which that zoo is built upon. That is a, it's a huge zoo. It is a huge zoo. And it's actually a really beautiful zoo. Yeah. It's, it feels like you're in the middle of a forest yeah. uh, in northern Taiwan, which I guess you are. They do regular work there. And apparently they do very good work there, especially according to zoology. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as zoology goes, it's one of the premier programs, apparently, for breeding animals in captivity. That's right. And they actually have a zoo nutritionist, which is actually not that common in zoos. No idea, man. I had a friend who was a zoo nutritionist in Taipei for uh, many years. Uh-huh. Uh, and now she's at the Taronga Zoo in Sydney. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's Canadian. A so, zootritionist? A zootritionist. I see what you did there. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anyway, so tell us about yeah. this brand new animal which has been bred. I'm assuming it's... A baby animal. Yeah, but uh, you might not. You might have not heard. You might have heard that Taipei bred a panda last week, mm-hmm. and that's just old news because we bred pandas before. That's but, right. Uh, this time, Taipei Zoo bred for the first time poison dart frogs. <laughs> now, anything with the word poison is in it is something that I do not want multiplying in <laughs> or around my vicinity. But apparently, it's a you know a huge breakthrough for Taiwan. Uh, and considering that Ty- the Taipei Zoo got the animals last year. Oh. So, one year in, they're already breeding these animals. And they're apparently very, very tiny frogs. So, the, fro- the adults themselves are two centimeters. Oh. So, if you think about of a baby frog. Wait, that's tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could fit like a whole family in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea how that worked. Um, this, yeah, that takes that takes some tricky moves. <laughs> yeah, like how do you see it? How do you know they're there? How do you know what they're doing? How do you know what they're doing? I guess <laughs> this dude might come a little later because the zookeepers probably didn't see them for like the first two weeks. Seriously, like, I mean, how do you know that they're like making it? Like, do you hear Barry White music and you're like, oh, I guess they're... <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe we shouldn't dig into that too deep. So, go ahead. Tell me more. Yeah. So, the, uh, so they successfully bred and the eggs hashed after two weeks. Um, the tadpoles... I don't know. How did you even see the tadpoles? Because they must be tiny. Oh, wait. That's right. They lay eggs and then the other one fertilizes Yes. It. So, it's not they're actually... Uh, Doing now, now I'm picturing. White in it. <laughs> They're not exactly doing the berry white. It's like I'm gonna go over here and put some eggs down, and then you come over here and put your stuff on it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So they have the ta- the tadpoles are brown, but they have red heads. So I guess you can see them a little more. Uh, easily with that they're going to be tadpoles for about three months and then they're going to grow after that they're going to start growing uh rear legs front legs and then the tail begins to shrink then they become poison dart frogs now where do you think these poison poison dart frogs are from andrew i'm gonna say i'm gonna say wait i know this okay i've got two guesses Mm -hmm. one is the amazon Uh uh-huh the other one is the nile uh, you're closer with the first one. It's actually Peru. Ooh. Central Peru. Uh, apparently, they are of a shy disposition, easily frightened. And uh, for your curiosity, they lay eggs on dead leaves or between pineapple leaves on the jungle floor. Hey, you know, actually, I hit the first one, like, dead on the nail. Yeah. N- nail on the head. Head yeah. on the hammer. Hammer on the nail. <laughs> it was the Peru. Uh, Peru does have the Amazon. Yeah. Uh, yay. And then uh, three eggs hatched. So okay. they laid six eggs, three hatched successfully. Okay. And this is a landmark for the Taipei Zoo. That's exciting. Yeah. Did they have to do anything special to make that happen? They didn't say anything. I guess it just, the, the conditions were right and the leaves for the female to lay her eggs on were the right kind. And 
maybe they were playing Barry White or <laughs> Marvin Gaye. Who knows, man? Whatever floats your boat, as they say. Yeah. Well, that's great news. I'm, I'm glad to hear about more success in breeding at the Taipei City Zoo. Hopefully, we can see them in the near future. Yeah. Um, we might need some magnifying glasses to be able to find them. Tiny, tiny things, Prior to man. that, yeah. Two centimeters. Yeah. But those tadpoles would be even smaller. They gotta be tiny. I don't know how they saw them. Wow. Blows my mind. Blows my mind, too. Okay, we are going to turn the heat up for the next two stories. Um, You have got a story about how heat-related injuries are up. 40%, you're saying? Yeah, 40%. So, around the same time last year, they recorded four... uh, Hospitals recorded 467 cases of heat stroke, heat syncope, which is basically you faint from it being too hot, heat cramps, heat exhaustion, thermal fatigue, and heat edema. So, uh, it it went up from to 653. Now, that's a 40% increase. Mm. And if you look at at the thermometer, it doesn't come to you as a surprise. My watch gives me updates, and it's just like, it's 33 degrees. It feels like 47. I was like, holy smokes, man. Like, 47. We're putting up desert numbers there. I saw, like, the hottest day in June was recorded this year. The hottest day in June in history. And it was 38.9 degrees Celsius, which is 102 Fahrenheit. Yeah. And because it was 50% humidity, it said it felt like 50, uh, 55? That's 50? In, that's 50? insane. It was like, uh, I remember it was 122 Fahrenheit. Yeah. And it's like, you can't survive in those temperatures. No. And then, you know, you wonder why people are getting all these... Uh, symptoms because the thing is uh, it's one thing to be hot but if it's humid that's Mm. a whole different other thing you're sweating the entire time Mm. you're losing those you know uh, the the essential salts you're losing the fluid I mean I used to run outside Mm -hmm. and I would do it at night but Without fail, I would eventually get heat stroke. I would get the the headache at night. At night, wow! At night. And uh, that's why I started exercising indoors. My dad's just like, you you exercise under air condition, like <laughs> like in under air condition. I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to stay like you know, yeah, stay healthy, but also not pass out from the uh, the heat. I've been working out in a friend's gym that has glass walls and a glass ceiling and no air conditioning. Um, So today, this morning when I was in there, it started off at 39 and gradually climbed up to just over 40 degrees. That's a greenhouse. Yeah, it's a greenhouse. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, we are plants. Yeah, osmosis, whatever. Yeah. Wow. So not so good. We actually took some fans and like put his air con, which is inside the house on full blast and like like geared, geared it at the greenhouse. You have to. And it went down to maybe 37, oh but still. Oh my goodness, that is really hot. Mm. Anyway, officials are saying that you should not wait until you're thirsty to drink water. Drink water throughout the day. Avoid drinking alcoholic beverages and people who work outdoors. And I feel terrible when I mm. see like construction workers. Yeah. They have to wear those bright orange vests to make sure cars see them. Yeah. Uh, they, should, they should avoid working at high noon. Uh, work environment, they should have ventilators and shades, apparently, because the sun gets just beats down on you. Ventilation. Yeah. Ventilators? Ven- ventilators, apparently. Oh. I, I think it's just like a, 
like a high heavy duty mask. Gotcha. Yeah. And then uh, people are saying you should wear light colored, easy fitting clothes made of breathable fabrics. Are you doing that, Andrew? I am doing that. Breathable yes. fabs. Breathable fabs. Yep. Uh, <laughs> breathable fabs. <laughs> we just covered up with stuff. I man. think that yeah, that somebody's gonna want to buy that off of us. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a registered trademark. I just yeah. want to put that out there. From us. <laughs> so they're saying also don't discount the importance of uh, sodium because mm. when you sweat, you're also losing a lot of salt. So you can put a little pinch of salt in your water bottle. Pink Himalayan. Yeah, pink Himalayan saying. is yeah. the deal, right? It's the deal. I got a little some of that on my shelf. I, I like pink Himalayan. Yeah, it's because not all salt has everything you need in it. Yeah. In fact, what's really interesting is I went to the seashore in Taiwan in Kanding with a woman who uh, used to collect it from the rocks because it like once the seawater, once uh-huh. it dries out, it leaves the residue of the salt. Uh-huh. But that actually doesn't have everything you need in it. Yeah. Right? Like table salt usually has like iodine, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, then you're it's iodine deficient. There, right? yeah. It's added in there. Um, but I think Himalayan sea salt usually has a lot of good they stuff. They say in it there, has right? like 50 essential minerals in there. That's what I heard. That's essentially like the best kind of salt. Yeah. Did you like that? Oh, yeah. Was that good? Yeah. Actually, I'm going to look that up. Um, Himalayan sea salt. Just make sure we're not giving people the wrong impression about this. I don't think Himalayan is sea salt. I think Himalayan is mined from... That's right. It is. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Sea, why did I say sea salt? Oh, I'm glad you're you're uh, fact checking me um, <laughs> in real time. You're right. It is. Uh, it is mined, um, and it has. It's used as a food additive in table salt, but also as material for cooking and food presentation. Um, yeah, it has. Oh. It says these claims, the salt is marketed with claims that it benefits health, but these claims lack any scientific basis. Oh, dear. Glad that I fact-checked us. So, at any rate, be real safe if you're outdoors in the sun. Um, We're going to transition straight into your next story, which is also about heat, but it's also about students. Yes. So, um, with the heat wave going on, three days, consecutive days, uh, with yellow, I guess, that's that's a yellow rating, over 36 degrees, um, representatives in New Taipei City from city and county gov- level governments, they plan to meet in August to discuss measures that deal with the impact of extreme weather on scheduling classes. Now, you're from Cape Cod, are you? Uh, my Yeah, my family lives there, yeah. Yeah, so like snow days are a thing for you up there. For uh, sure. Taiwan, we get typhoon days, but we never really think about the heat because heat is just kind of... We used to get tornado days. Oh, is that true? No. In Taiwan? No, 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 no. Oh. In, in Missouri. Oh, oh yes. Uh, that's Tornado Alley, right? We got sent home for school early because of tornadoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah not so good. Uh, yeah, so the new, type, new Taipei City government is spearheading this effort um, with the Ministry of Education's approval. Uh, Taipei, new Taipei City Mayor Ho Yi says he's bringing together the whole powwow and they're going to start talking about and, and talking about heat as a very tangible uh threat to children's ability to concentrate not just that but to their health as well um last week we talked about how the ministry of education is investing money to make sure air conditioned units in the school are updated but i guess at a certain point there are still activities that happen outdoors in taiwan Mm. schools in taiwan gym Gym, morning announcements that Ooh. happens all out, all outdoors. Do they ever move those indoors if there's like lots of rain and stuff or do they cancel them? I think they, I, my, my memory is that they cancel them. Ah, oh, yeah. I see. They just, they're just like, you know what, nothing today. So they're just talking about extreme weather now. They're no, no more just like typhoon days, but like extreme weather days, which yeah. is 
It's kind of terrifying, Andrew. That is terrifying, Leslie. I mean, climate change is a real thing. Yeah. So I think we all have to be kind of prepared for the eventualities, um, you know, that that brings with it. It's the kind of thing that keeps me up at night, man. I know, me too. Hey, just about Himalayan salt, a sea, a non-sea salt. Um, we want to just go back and revisit that for just a quick moment before we move on. It says it's likely that it contains less iodine than iodized table salt. So those who have iodine deficiency or at risk of a deficiency may need to source their iodine somewhere else if you're using pink salt instead of table salt. Pink so, salt's always fancy to me, though. Fancy. We like fancy salts as finishing salts, but get your iodine, like, somewhere, right? Morton's. That's what <laughs> I get it from. Yeah, that has it, yes. <laughs> So, at the top of the show, I mentioned that there are a lot of people who may or may not be stuck in Taiwan. Um, and, of course, I also said that if you're going to be stuck somewhere in a pandemic, Taiwan is a great place to be stuck. We only had, I think, less than 450 cases, yeah. only seven deaths. Um, and largely, things have opened back up. Um, things never really closed, in fact. Not completely. There was a, mo- there was a, a minute where... The trend was really on the downward, but like you go out now, it's just like... Yeah, I mean, you you only have to wear masks in certain places, like you have to wear them in public transportation, yeah. in hospitals, um, and uh, otherwise, things are largely open. Restaurants, bars, clubs, you know, big events. You name it, man. Not massive events. I think maybe there's still a cap on like massive yeah. events, um, but for the most part, things are back to normal in Taiwan. Um, but for a lot of us, it's very difficult to leave Taiwan if we need to leave Taiwan. Um, because if you consider that, like, for example, if I were to go back to the States, I would have to, well, I would probably self-quarantine for 14 days for fear of passing something along to my parents mm-hmm. after an international flight. Mm-hmm. But then coming back to Taiwan, as a resident of Taiwan, I can enter the country, um, but I might, I would definitely have to go into quarantine for 14 days. Yes. So... The question is, um, what about all of the, for example, migrant workers? That's one group. Um, I think it's very difficult for them at this um, juncture. Mm. But also foreign students, because I think that if you're a foreign student and you're coming from somewhere very far away, chances are very good you're not going to be able to leave either. Um, but, like, can you work? Can you, like, go oh, to class? Oh, yeah, you'd be in some kind of limbo, huh? I think there are a number of people that are in limbo and I know that for certain groups of students, they have canceled scholarships. Like, for example, the whole Fulbright program, which sends like maybe a hundred and more than a hundred um, scholars to Taiwan, that program just got terminated like halfway through the scholarship. And so people were given kind of no alternative, either find a way to stay yourself, but we're not going to take care of that, or go back to the U.S. I had no idea. Permanently? Or is it just... For this past year, it was terminated, I believe, in like March. March or April. Due to the pandemic. Due to the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It was all these people who kind of find themselves in a new version of limbo because of the pandemic. I actually never even thought about that. Like, you're here on a student visa. Does it get... get transferred to a tourist visa or is it like a landing visa no all of them are trying to figure that out right so i think um 
For some people, if you had a student visa, I'm not sure if that gets canceled or how long it goes for, but I do know a lot of people are trying to transfer them. Yeah. Because if they're not continuing classes for foreigners, which they essentially cancel during the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are trying to find work visas or other ways to stay or scholarships. Mm. Um, I know a couple of people who found jobs. I know somebody who got one of the musician scholarships. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but I also know somebody who didn't get the musician scholarship. Yeah. So, at any rate, I want to tell you about a Kenyan student who um, actually was taking language classes in Taiwan, and he'd been funding his studies with cash prizes that he run, won in road races from running. Oh, wow. Because he's an expert runner. Um, and in fact, how good is he? He actually won both the Taichung Shengang Marathon and the Sun Moon Lake Marathon in Nanto in 2019. Oh, wow. I, I'm running a 9K next month. Am I going to see him there? He might beat you there. Oh, he's gonna, he probably will. <laughs> His name is Muli, Thomas Muli. He's 36 years old. Um, and the problem is, is that he's having a tough time making ends meet because major athletics events are no longer being held. So it's a very unusual circumstance where he's in limbo because they're not holding road races yeah. or large events like that. So what he's been doing is he's been selling Taiwan-made socks to make ends meet. Um, now, he was selling, I guess, the socks at Junan Sports Park in Miali County um, at an activity that he loves. I, I guess he this is an activity that he loves because mm. he likes the face-to-face interaction with people. Yeah. Um, and you can see here, here's a picture of him running with kids. Oh, wow. He's a, I mean, he's, you can tell he's got that Kenyan runner build uh, and the kids look like they're having a blast following him. Um, now, I guess his story was recently picked up by the local media in Taiwan. Um, and that helped boost his sock sales and people began offering to start some sort of online fundraising campaign for him. However, he said, although he's very grateful for the kindness, enthusiasm of the Taiwanese people, um, it, you know, particularly during this time of hardship for him, he does not want to accept any donations because he's earning enough from the sock sales to support himself for the time being. That's that's Pretty, rare. That's super rare. That's rare. Wow. For young people to like be able to forego something like this and like just make it on their own. Um, I think that in this day and age, so many people are like fundraising campaign. Sure. Yeah. If I can get a couple bucks out of it, why not? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's, uh, that's impressive. Shows a lot of grit, especially when he turned to socks yeah. to sell it in Miao Li. Uh, wow. I, I kind of hope I do run into him during, uh, during the race next month. So now I want to buy some socks. Yeah, you want to buy some socks, man. Hook me up. I know. Seriously, I had no interest or intention in buying new socks. But if I ran into this guy, yeah, I'd take a couple dozen pairs. Why not? I want to finish off today by telling you about this new railway museum. Now, we had a story about it in our news, um, but I just thought I'd like to flush out the story a little bit more because um, I read about this octagonal-shaped men's restroom, and I was like, whoa, 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 what? what? Exactly. So, this is the Railway Department Park, which actually opens today in Taipei, July okay. 7th. Um, and it's located in the what used to be the offices of the Railway Department during the Japanese occupation. This new museum is called the Railway Department Park, and it consists of six 
historical monuments, one of which is the octagonal restroom. Um, now, I wanted to say that this is also a museum that's overseen by the National Taiwan Museum, yeah. which is kind of cool. They do some great work and have many locations throughout the city. Um, now, the railway department, um, again, was uh, during the Japanese occupation, which was 1895 to 1945. Um, and it served as the base of operations for Taiwan's railways for 70 years before being designated as a National Historic Site in 2007. Mm. I should mention it was no longer being used, like, in 2007. I, it, what, that's not 70 years going up to 2007. Mm. It's much earlier than that. So I want to tell you very quickly about this octagonal-shaped restroom. Talk to me. It is a men's room. It's a one-story structure. It was built in 1919. It has a vent above, and the main structure is octagonal in shape, has a pillar with a urinal on each side of it. Oh. And its eight enforced concrete beams are connected like an open umbrella. Huh. So I might just have to go there and use that restroom. <laughs> just to say you've done it in the octagonal <laughs> yes. washroom, Andrew? Why not? I mean, it's pretty cool. It's a cool-looking building. I would definitely go check it out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for today's Here in Taiwan. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. Stay tuned. We've got much more up ahead on RTI. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you for joining me. In this week's program, we're going to be taking a look at something that happened over the Dragon Boat Festival long weekend, which was the last weekend in June. This was a four-day weekend that encompassed Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This was also the first long weekend where health officials fighting off the COVID-19 pandemic actually encouraged people to go out and have fun. Now, before during long weekends, health officials actually asked the public to exercise a lot of caution. But seeing how the pandemic has kind of waned in Taiwan, health officials actually went, hey, yeah, you can go out and have fun. You can go do the things you like to do. Just remember to practice safe prevention measures, wear a mask, maintain social distance, and people didn't just go out, they went out in droves, and this led to a phenomenon called which means revenge tourism. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you all about it in today's Hashtag Taiwan, so stick around, the next three to four minutes are sure to be really, really fun. Guys, enjoy. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about revenge, which I hear is a dish best served cold, but that probably doesn't apply here. Last week, Taiwan celebrated the Dragon Boat Festival with a four-day weekend. This also marked the first long weekend since the pandemic started, where health officials actually encouraged people to go out and have fun in other parts of Taiwan. Now, I ended last week's hashtag with a Chinese lesson. This week, we're starting early. Baofuxing is the phrase of the week. Baofu means revenge or retaliatory, while xing means nature or type. Liu means to travel. Over the long weekend, baofu xing liu trended. This means that people weren't just traveling, they were traveling with a vengeance. What are people taking revenge on? COVID-19, of course. The pandemic has had people cooped up indoors for so long that they're not just opening the door on their way out, they're breaking it down. But baofuxing no longer just applies to travel and vacation. People are adding it to any number of verbs to express that they're doing the things they want to do, but with a vengeance. 
Take for example, Tsai Shi-chun, who engaged in bao fu xing huan dao, meaning he biked around Taiwan vengefully in 42 hours and 23 minutes. I'd have trouble making that trip in a car in the same time. Tribal Queen Art and Coffee is a cafe out in eastern Taiwan, an area that saw a huge spike in tourists over the long weekend. They posted this picture of a sink filled with dirty dishes left over from customers, saying they fully experienced revenge-fueled tourism. They thanked people for their patronage. I mean, if people left a bunch of dirty dishes in my sink in the name of revenge, the last thing I want to do is thank them, but to each their own, I guess. Daphne Li is a journalist in Taiwan who tweeted, learned a very relatable term today. Which means revenge bedtime procrastination. A phenomenon in which people don't have much control over their daytime life refuse to sleep early in order to regain some sense of freedom during late night hours. That tweet got over 250,000 likes. In the words of Andrew Ryan, that's legit viral. Or pretty sad if you think about it. Now, lastly, I'm going to show you something that you're either going to hate or you're going to love. Around the same time as the long weekend, Pizza Hut Taiwan started advertising ramen pizza. That's right, ramen on pizza. The media called it revenge pizza. Now the only thing that that's getting revenge on is either your taste buds or your bowels. Or both. As for me, I was still writing news over the long weekend, but now that I'm done, I plan on vengefully making myself a sandwich, revenge reclining on my sofa, and binge watching Netflix vengefully. Now, as always, if there's any suggested topics you'd like me to cover on Hashtag Taiwan, all you have to do is send me an email. LLIAO0211 at RTI.org.TW Or you can go to the Facebook page of Radio Taiwan International at Facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International Or the Taiwan Insider Facebook page, which is Facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider I answer both of the messages in those inboxes Anyway, until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay happy I'll see you next week Is status status update. Update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. It's a program where we get to your letters that you write us and let us know what programs you heard and what you think about them. But before we get to those, we're going to chat a little bit and update our own personal status here a little All right. bit. Yeah, we just came away from a long weekend, uh, the Dragon Boat Festival. We well, actually saw already two weekends ago, but um, but <laughs> I just want to yeah, I know really. But um, I just want to say that I had a really great time that weekend. Well, good and bad. Good and bad. <laughs> yeah, because um, actually a bunch of us, forty um, some people, including little kids, we went on a hiking trip. It was, was the- a two day, <laughs> one night thing with the little kids. The bad part with little kids. <laughs> uh, well, hiking with no. little kids. That sounds actually, like a- it wasn't that. The bad part was the hiking was really gruesome. Okay. Okay. We kind of purposely um, planned that way because the idea was to uh, get out of our comfort zone. And so um, basically there were two routes. For those who are older, 
like older age wise, mm-hmm. like me and my husband. You're not that old. Oh, oh yes, I am. My all my kids are adult and you know, grown up and you know uh, away from home. Um, but um, and uh, except for us and those with little kids. Mm. We went on Route A, which was actually like a one-hour hike, but it was all up like stone steps. Okay, mm-hmm. and that was really something. Um, but the rest of the other people, um, those who are not married, um, those who are married but without kids, mm-hmm. they were challenged to go on Route B, which is more like a six-hour hike, and it was like going up the stone steps just like us, but then um, up. Uh, um, and then walk along mountain rift, like like, like a trail. Yeah, and it's like, um, yeah, a six hour trail. Like around there and back, or just one way. Oh, one way. Oh, and then so they six took, hours back. You no, know, no, no. Back? It was one way, and then they took the train back to the B, where the B and Bs are. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was really something. It was a very hot day on a Saturday, mm. but I was really moved realizing that all those mothers and daddies they took their little kids with them. I Even, don't know. Is that a good idea? <laughs> I, you know, um, yeah, that was the part for the parents to get out of the comfort zone. I guess the youngest was a four-month-old baby on the piggybacked. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that must have been hot for the baby. Yeah, yeah. But we took the one-hour hike. And the thing was that, you know, when you're up in the mountains, it's not in the trees. It's not staying away from the sun. It was a sunny day, but apparently for those who went on the six-hour hike, it was really gruesome. It was painful, but it was also beautiful. Apparently, at one point, they were getting like this, like the wind blowing, so it doesn't even feel hot. I mean, there were no trees, you know, to get into shade. You know what I mean? So it was like a... It was really walking along the ridges. Rocky Mountain sort of? No, it was a Taoyuangu. It's... um. I guess it sounds so, like you haven't been there, but you should. Grassy? I really, grassy. Okay. Totally green, grassy. You've been there? Um, no, Have but you? I, I know you know about it. like that. You need to go. It's beautiful. I mean, for one part, though, my husband and I, we regret it. I, I regret it that we didn't get really to the top part uh, where you can, you know, you're, you're at the top of the mountain, but of course it's a low hill mm-hmm. uh, compared to, uh, you know, the Jade Mountain, which is like 3,000, almost 4,000 meters yeah, above that, that, that's, sea level. That's just a different level. Right, of that's a different level, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, and then look down. It's like you've got a 360 degree, beautiful scenery view of the ocean and mountains and green and everything. Hmm. You know, blue sky that day and just beautiful clouds and everything. And, I just regret we didn't go up there because what 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 happened was that midway through that one hour hike, um, there was uh, like a pavilion. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like scrambling to get under pavilion <laughs> and get away from the sun, you know. So we stopped there, and so we didn't really go all you know like halfway another. Uh, well, I don't know, maybe another ten minute up to so so that we can get this you know three hundred sixty degree panorama. But um, yeah, I kind of regret that. Although I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to my friends who got pictures, beautiful pictures yeah, of what they saw up there. And, but um, it was really, really something. Now the thing was that my husband and I were like um, trailing at the very end of the Route A group. Well, that's a very important job. You got to make sure there's no stragglers. <laughs> no, that is because there was one straggler. Oh, really? And she was not feeling well. She oh. was feeling dizzy, and she felt like throwing up. But, you know, I mean, there were a couple of times when I said, do you want to turn around and just go back? And, you know, the funny thing was that my husband was going like, you know, do you want to turn back and go around? Because I'll go with you. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to stick it out. (laughs) But she kept on. 
Hmm. She stopped so many times on the way, and but she kept on. And、um, later on, back at the B and B, we stayed at the same B and B. And then I realized that actually she, it was her first time feeling that way on a hiking. She's actually kind of experienced、mm-hmm. that she knows, you know, like preparing how much water for herself. Like she calculated、mm-hmm. how long a hike and how much money she needs. I mean, I'm not money. Money. Water. Water <laughs> she needs. Was it a toll? Yeah. I mean, I, I meant, I meant like you know,、uh, water. And then she got chocolate with her and everything. It's like she's actually experienced, but she said it's her first time feeling sick that way. Maybe just too hot. It was,、mm. and also because she didn't sleep well the night before.、Oh. But anyway, so it was really amazing. It was just a really, really neat route. Although I was thinking, like whoever planned it, I mean, couldn't they have you know planned it for like the fall? <laughs> But the thing is, it would have been cold for those who were going on the six-hour hike. Yeah. Because up there, you know, no trees in sight. You know, you can get the breeze, and it can be really chilling cold, like freezing cold yeah, the in the fall. Are cold. I mean, they felt a great respite whenever they got like these, you know, little cool breeze at the top of the mountain, and、um, so that was really amazing. So I heard about the fact that they stopped a few times on the uphill, and then they would, you know, do some stretches on the grass and and stop and I don't know, lift their legs or whatever. And、uh, but and then the rest downhill, there was no way of stopping. Taking respite any at all because you're just downhill, you're all downhill all the、you、way. Roll all the rest <laughs> of the way. <laughs> you wish it's rolling, but I don't think it's、uh, it's downhill. Is you know it's the grassland, but I think it's stone steps going downhill. Yeah, that would be fun to roll down. No, yeah, that would not be fun. <laughs> but、um, yeah, you know, it's just amazing. Everybody took the challenge.、Wow. Nobody gave up. But the thing was that. They were saying that there's no way of giving up because you're when you're up, up there, there, you're up there. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta keep I mean, going. You know, you gotta keep going. It was victorious for all of us. That's how I felt. And then we had some little activities in the evening、uh, where there was some performances, some singing, and then some games. There was a game called Stupid. <laughs> I would be a champion at that. <laughs> <laughs> I was a champion at that. Really? Yeah, I was the first one losing, and you know it was funny because apparently what that game was, and this is really really interesting how people thought of that. Okay, so stupid is、um, you're supposed to call a number from zero to five,、mm-hmm. but then your hand has to point has to point a, a number different from what you called out. Oh,、okay? so it's like a chart. No, there's no chart.、Oh. I mean, you do in a round. You know, we're in a circle, and everybody takes turns. So whoever you named as the next person to go in the game,、mm-hmm. they're supposed to call out a number different from the one you called, and then and then doing the same thing. You hold out a hand with a number that's different. You know, with your fingers pointing.、Oh. That's different from the number you called so out. So you show the number with your hands. Right, you show the number, but a、with、different number from but a different number from the one you called. Oh, see, that's why it's called stupid. I don't think that sounds not so much stupid. It's like the one where you <laughs> have to like uncoordinated. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, just they, they called it stupid. So、um, anyway, so when I call out zero, I pointed out zero. I was like, I was out. I was the first one out.、Mm-hmm. So then the thing was that everybody else had to point at you and kind of imitate. Maybe your giggle or the the thing that you how you react. This reacted. game is very complicated. I know, <laughs> and then say stupid, stupid, you know, like that.、Huh. I don't know. I you know, I wonder if it's even a Taiwanese person who invented this game, or、sure、actually an American I, game. I've never heard of this before. No, well, you just never heard of it. Maybe there is such a game. <laughs> well, I don't know.、Um, this YouTuber、anyway. that I like to follow has a challenge that that they're doing. There, I might take part in it, and it's like to climb the least impressive hill that you can. 
Oh. Like, not a great mountain, just find the highest, because a lot of people around the world are under lockdown. Yeah. And the idea is to find the lowest point in your town or area, the highest point, I mean, and it could just be like... 20 feet above sea level and yeah. take a picture of yourself. I want to take part in that because my oh. I do not live in a very high area. Oh. <laughs> that's going to be my mountain climbing. Oh, that sounds neat. Is this a worldwide... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they have anything from con- Taiwan, so... Oh, wow. I'm going to find climb the highest street corner in... <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. Oh, okay. I think that's you, can find, be- you can find a rock, a rock, and stand on it. I'm in a very built-up area. There's no rocks. <laughs> Because you remind me of a movie, I think it was, a Taiwanese movie, where actually um, this guy was taking this girl to, you know, he said it's the most beautiful countryside. Mm -hmm. And actually, it was just trees, and then there was a rock in the middle, and they stood on a rock. The idea is the more (laughs) underwhelming, the better. In Taiwan, there's lots of great mountains, but the idea is you're not supposed to leave sort of the general area where you live. Because uh-huh. I think a lot of other places there are still under lockdown or there's COVID restrictions. They can't really go to impressive mountains. Yeah. So just find the least. Well, what they say is that, um, that if you cannot keep a social distancing, then you put on a, a facial mask. So, I mean, you can still go out. So, well, in Taiwan, there's no problem at all. But I, that's the rules. Mm. That's yeah, what I'm saying. That's the rules. That's the rules of the comp- it's not like competition. <laughs> so I'm going to fan. If there's a convenience store there, it'll be very Taiwanese. So I'll, <laughs> hopefully... They, they he told us uh, he told everyone like there's a like a map survey website and you can find it near you and take part. So oh okay, um, well, good is, luck to that. My area is very unimpressive, the highest <laughs> point. So I'm gonna go there and maybe take a picture. <laughs> what going to the roof of your building? Not count? the roof. No, 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 no. It has to be on the ground. <laughs> no man-made structures. Okay. okay. You can't. I think the rule is you can't drive or you have oh. to go there on foot or foot. if you are in a wheelchair on your wheelchair's mobility scooter. Oh. It has to be like accessible that way. Wow. And that way it won't have people. He, he doesn't want people going out and getting sick. Basically. Okay. So, okay. Um, All right. Well, that sounds that, that's like my kind of mountain climbing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, yeah, I kind of look forward to the next trip. You know, whatever, wherever we're going, because there's so many beautiful places yeah. around Taiwan. Your expeditions are a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, let's get to the letters. And uh, as always, we just so uh, so much left to hear from you. So our address is PO Box One Two Three Dash One Nine Nine Taipei Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti And remember, you can always visit us on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to reading your comments there. That's right. And this first letter is coming to us from Shin Makino of Japan. It says here, Dear Sir and Ma'am, I wish to report reception of the broadcast on July 2nd uh, on 15320 kilohertz. And he listened to uh, the news. Yes, and I was the reader. Uh, where I talked about the Republic of Somaliland is set to send a representative to Taiwan. Premier Susan Chang says that a new security law tightening China's grip on Hong Kong and mass Beijing's true colors for the world to see, and that the government has begun accepting pre-orders for spending vouchers designed to cushion the economic blow of the COVID-19 pandemic. He also listened to... Let's see here now. Oh, okay. I guess this would have been uh, here in Taiwan uh, with Natalie So and Paula Chow. And some of the articles, uh, are some of the topics they talked about, um, uh, how Taipei has become voted uh, as best leisure destination in Asia. Well, one of the best leisure destinations, I guess. And as attractions and cruises, trip cruises to outlying islands. And also about a doctor's thoughts on future safety measures for COVID-19. 
about the terms of people's health in Taiwan, hospice care, etc., and about a guy who likes to collect and raise pet roaches. Oh, I read that story. Oh, <clears throat> that was in the new local news. All right, gross. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, and then um, simple rating was three five three four three. That's you know that's very mixed. And um, his he said uh, his impressions of our programs. I couldn't hear your station at all today because NHK was completely covered or covering us. So I reported on the reception using uh, web SDR. Although it will be possible to travel to and from Taiwan this fall, there are still some strict restrictions on access to the tourist sites there. If I were to visit, I better do so after next year, or maybe next year. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of <laughs> we're a... frowning so much. Okay, and it says that I hope you find my reception report to be of some use. Well, thank you so much. That was Shin Makino of Saitama Ken, Japan. Staying in Japan, but moving up a bit north, we're going over to Akira Takei, who's written to us about our June twenty first broadcast. It says I had the great pleasure of having received one of your shortwave transmissions, as shown below. Uh, once again, this is June twenty first. Uh, from 0300 to 0325 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Uh, there was interference from Radio Japan on 15325 kilohertz, so that we were seeing a, a common theme here. Hmm. Um, the reception quality seems to have been better, though, 42332. So, uh, okay. not great. Yeah. <laughs> but audible, at least. Um, under program details, there was the news, Taiwan Brain Games, uh, Curious John, that was about the Kangxi Taiwan maps. Uh, I have to go see oh, them. Oh, wow. They're, they're on display at the National Taiwan Museum. Uh, Ear to the Ground, and that was about bamboo instruments. Um, and under comments, it says, I was very happy to hear your broadcast. I learned about Kurosawa Takatomo for the first time by listening to Ear to the Ground. I learned that musical instruments were born before songs. I wonder mm. what that means. Okay. Um, it's remarkably interesting. I hope this report will be of some value to you in understanding the reception. If you find this report correct to your station log, I'd like to have a card of verification. I'm hoping to hear from you very soon. Yours faithfully, Akira Takei. All right, and now we move to Indonesia. This is coming to us from Eddie Prabowo. Um, he listened in on June... 21st. Okay, it's a while ago, but we only just got the report now. Uh, on 9405 kilohertz, simple rating was 34333. The audio was heard relatively good, but colored with no noise and fading. Makes the audio a little bit noisy and wavy. And um, he listened to In the Spotlight, that's my interview program, uh, uh, with uh, Jen Chen, who has a love for animals and is uh, raising awareness. Also about the environment as well. Uh, also, classic shorts, uh, a poem by Liu Changqin from the Tang Dynasty, and also news playlist of the second waves of COVID-19 in Beijing, Taiwan culture and art sector hit by COVID-19, and Mao's pilgrimage during COVID-19 pandemic. Well, thank you so much for the details. That was coming to us from Eddie Prabowo of Indonesia. Well, thank you so much for your letters, and we hope to keep hearing from you. So do write us. Our address is PO Box 123 199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. Once again, you can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. We look forward to reading your comments there. All right. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye.
Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs>